0: Welcome to the City Alliance Church Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our messages. Our prayers that you would listen, learn, and be inspired to love God, love others, and serve the world. Subscribe and share these messages to bless others. Here's this week's message.
1: All right, well, what's up, everybody? If you're just joining us online, my name is Nathan, and yes, there is a ladder on stage. If you're a fan of the WWE, there may be a ladder match in this message, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Well, listen, here, I'm here to just let you know, we're wrapping up a series, just a two-week mini-series on biblical stewardship called the Almighty Dollar, and really kind of looking at that question. What really rules our hearts? Is it the Almighty Dollar, or is it Almighty God? You know, after last week's message, uh, I ran into somebody and said, Nathan, your sermon ruined my marriage. I go, what do you, well, well, you're welcome. I don't know what to, what do you what do you say to that? I go, well, now we have to talk about these things that we've been trying to avoid for all these months, and I go, well, well, then you are welcome um <laughs> because here's the thing when it comes to finances i really hope that you're having good conversations with your spouse uh, with your roommates with those in your life because this really is something that is a profoundly spiritual issue how we handle our material wealth how we handle our finances and like i said last week i know that for this for a lot of people this conversation can cause a lot of shame trigger some regret uh, trigger all sorts of things that make us want to not deal with it. And that's why I set up these three ground rules so that whenever we talk about finances, we can make sure we keep these in mind. The first is this, is this is a guilt-free conversation, okay? We're all in different places with how we handle our money. All of us have had, have made mistakes with money. If you If you have not made mistakes with money, it just means that, you know, you're in the middle school ministry. Like, that's all that means. Like, all of us have made some mistakes when it comes to money. We also said that we want—we don't want something from you, but something for you. This isn't a shakedown. We want to actually help you use what God has given you so that you can grow closer to Him, but also be more generous with what God has given you. And then the third is this is a family conversation. So maybe you're here today and you're not a believer, or maybe you're a visitor. You're just kind of saying, I just want to check things out. That's totally fine. You can come. You can check things out. Uh, we want you to know how we as a church— Believe what we believe about finances and what we believe about handling them because really the big question that we left off last week was this do you have money or does money have you because listen money can be a wonderful tool that we can use to bless our family to bless our friends to actually use well but it can be a cruel and harsh taskmaster. It can bring us into the slavery of things like debt and all these other things and greed, but then also it's got family that it brings with it. It's got its cousins of anxiety, guilt, and shame. And so last week we talked about some four spiritual principles, our guardrails to protect ourselves from the spirit of greed or the spirit of man. We talked about planning your spending, making a budget, keep good records, like know where your money's going, save money faithfully, because a little bit over a long time makes a difference, and then actual wage. Say actual wage. I just like the way it sounds. It has nothing to do with anything. But what does it mean to live intentionally beneath our uh, margin, or, or beneath our means so that we can actually have margins, so that we can be generous, so that we can save more? And one of the ways that we say, hey, this is something for you, is that we're offering a six-week small group experience called I Was Broke But Now I'm Not. And I remember last week I said, hey, if if you're looking to grow in how you handle money, uh, this is a great way to do it. And, you know, for $30, you can pay for the book and the workbook. I just found out a generous donor just said, Nathan, we want to cover the first 10 books and workbooks of anyone who wants to take the class. So if the $30 is like like a, a hurdle or an obstacle for you, it's gone. Because someone said, we want to help our church, get out of debt, and be more generous with their finances. So I want to encourage you, you can go to our website, cityalliance.org slash events. There's still plenty of room to sign up for the class. In fact, if you are a teenager or if you have a teenager, this would be a great class for them to have a great foundation for how to use their finances well. So I want to encourage you to, to also do that. And also, um, I was talking, talking, talking to one of our city group leaders. He said, Nathan, I told our city group that if they need to take a break, for meeting with our city group so they can take this small group experience. I said, they have permission. And so I want to echo that, that if you're like, Nathan, I don't know if I can balance going to city group and this and that other thing. Listen, it's okay if you want to skip your city group for a couple weeks to take the class. Uh, If your city group leader gives you problems, tell them to come talk to me. And uh, we can go from there. Um, Because really, you know... It really breaks my heart when I talk with someone who's like, Nathan, I'm getting close to Jesus, and, and I have this dream. I want to go on mission, or I, I want to go and serve in this way, but I can't because I've got all this debt I need to pay off. And guys, that's just heartbreaking. And, and more than anything else, my, my prayer is that this small group experience and, and this series will help us really as a church level up in generosity. You know, when we think of leveling up, you know, it's a video game term, but we think about it in all sorts of er other areas of our lives, right? Like, we want to level up in our education. Maybe we start off with high school, college, or trade school. You know what? I think I want to get my master's. Or, you know what? I'm going to go all the way and get my PhD. In fact, maybe I'll get another doctorate and and keep going. Or maybe it's not leveling up in your education. Some of us are like, you know, Nathan. I'm educated beyond my intelligence. I don't need to level up in my education. Uh, maybe it's at work, you know. Maybe, you, you know, you've heard this term, you climb the corporate what? The corporate ladder. So you start out in the mailroom, and then you're, you know, it, you know, in sales, and then you're in management, you're VP of sales, and you're getting higher and higher, and then finally you're like at the top, you're the CEO, you're running things. And, and so, you know, we kind of use that language of leveling up in all these other areas, but have we ever thought of, actually leveling up in generosity, actually intentionally coming up with a plan that how can I be more generous with what God has given me, to intentionally live in that way. You know, Paul, who was one of the early church leaders, talked about this idea of living a generous, abundant life where he says this in 2 Corinthians. He says, Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a, what kind of giver? Cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will what? Abound in every good work. See, God's desire is for his followers to become cheerful givers. That word cheerful actually is the word hilarious. It's like we have this hilarious joy when we give to God. But how do we do that? How do we actually level up when it comes to areas of generosity or financial stewardship in our lives? Like, what would be some first steps on that journey? And again, in a room like this, or those watching online, we're all in different spots on this journey. So I want you to turn with me to Malachi chapter 3 to kind of see where we need to start. Now, Malachi is a prophet in the Old Testament. And a prophet is an individual that get a, would get a message from God, and he would disseminate that message to the people. And so Malachi, this is actually the last book in the Old Testament, and he's a prophet who has this word. And uh, Robert just read it for us, so we're going to take some time to break it down together. Let's go ahead and start with verse 7. It says this, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord God Almighty. But you ask, How are we returned? Now, there's a lot going on in this passage. Like, when we start reading this here, it's like we're jumping in the middle of a conversation that's going on. But here's what's been going on here. God's people, the people of Judah, have actually intentionally turned away from God. They're turning away from His law, turning away from His commands. And because of that, it's led them into captivity. They've actually been in exile with this nation called Babylon. They're in exile there, and they finally get to go back home, and they think things are finally going to get better, but actually life doesn't get better. It actually gets worse. They are still under this powerful uh, foreign nation. Not only that, their leaders are corrupt. Their leaders are all on the take. And because of all this corruption, because of all this oppression, the people are actually disillusioned, and they're turning away from God. Because life is hard, they're starting to turn away from Him. Now, here's the truth, and you don't need to be a, a Christian to know this. You know that life is hard, right? Life is hard, but it doesn't have to make you hard. And so Malachi is bringing this word to the people of God to soften your hearts and turn back to me. And he says, return to me. Oh, go back. Return to me, and I will return to you. So, so, so God has created this invitation to return to him. But the people are like, how do we do it, God? What's the road map? Like what are the gps coordinates i need to put in to come back to you and that's when we see this really interesting i would even say weird question it says this in verse 8 it says will a mere mortal rob god yet you rob me but you ask how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings now maybe you know you're like me you read this you're like this is really weird like how do you rob God? How do you rob a spiritual being? And you know, when you look at this word rob in Hebrew, it's really a unique word. It's like a word we haven't really seen before. And it literally means to oppress, to pillage, and plunder. And that's strong language that God is using. Like, you guys are oppressing, and you're pillaging, and you're stealing from me. In fact, the image is a little bit of like a wealthier, powerful nation coming in, attacking a, a weaker nation, kind of like what we've seen with, you know, in the past with Iraq attacking Kuwait or what we're seeing right now with Russia attacking Ukraine. And so it's this idea that not only are God's people stealing from God, but it's literally like a, a full-on assault. Now, if being a thief isn't bad enough and stealing from God, you know, it must be kind of crazy. When they ask him, how are we robbing you? Malachi says it's through tithes and offerings. Now, maybe you're wondering, what is a tithe? Well, a tithe literally means a tenth. And see, this is really kind of, you know, if we talk about biblical financial management, here's how it works. Everything we have is from God. That's like the first building block. Everything comes from God. And God asks his people to give back a tenth. Now, the reason why in the ancient world they were asked to give back a tenth is that 10% would actually be used to run the temple. So the priests and the Levites, they would kind of be in charge of all the worship. And so the people were, were supposed to give a tenth, of all that they were had so they could keep the temple going, so that the priests and Levites and all those folks could kind of keep running things. And then there were offerings. Offerings were anything that were above and beyond the 10%. And so the people would also give offerings. If they had a really good uh, crop, they would give extra, uh, extra from the crop. If they had, hey, we've got extra goats, we're going to give some extra goats to God that year. Something along those lines. But what had happened was that God's people, rather than giving to God, they started to hoard for themselves. They were actually living out of that disillusionment and saying, you know what, we're just going to keep this for ourselves. If we can't trust our leaders, if we can't, you know, if we're experiencing all this oppression and poverty, we're just going to keep this to ourselves. And what they did was they walked away from God in that way. And in Deuteronomy 28, it lists all of these different curses that would happen when God's people walked away from him. And one of them would be pestilence. And and all those things that were happening. In fact, Malachi, who is the mouthpiece of God, says this in verse 9. He says, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Now, I don't know about you, but man, I read those, those, that's like strong language. Like, man, God, what do you mean we're under a a curse? And it's because they turned away from God. And so the logical conclusion is when we turn away from God and we walk into sin, when we kind of walk into judging, being the judge of good and evil on our own, is just chaos. And that's what God's people are experiencing. They're experiencing the chaos, the results of their disobedience, the results of their sin. But you know, when we read of a curse, there's also something, because we have to read this through the lens of Jesus. You, You see, there was a greater curse that was on the land, that I think whether you're a believer or not, we can look at the world around us, and it still seems like we're under a curse. Amen? You know, you think about the shooting last week in Buffalo. You think of just the, the gap between rich, rich and poor that's growing more and more and more and all the violence that we're hearing all around the world. It's because our world is under the curse of sin. And when we think about how the world that we live in is under this curse of sin, we, we, it's not just an economic problem. It's not just a socioeconomic problem. It's actually a spiritual problem. If you really dig deep and start peeling back the layers, and that's why Jesus came into the world. When we had this debt of sin that we could not pay on our own, Jesus came and he canceled that debt. He actually became our curse so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have a relationship with God. He canceled our sins so that we could ultimately be in right standing with God. And Malachi even kind of hints at this, that when we talk about the tithe, there's a spiritual connection to it. He finishes this section by saying this. He says in verse 10, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be, not, be, not, be room, not enough, to store it. A couple quick things in here. That word storehouse actually means treasury. What, what Malachi, who is the mouthpiece of God, is saying is bring your treasure into the treasury. And so this would normally go into the temple, but because, you know, we don't have a temple today, we have the church. So, so really the local church where you receive God's word, when you receive local teaching, that's where the tithes should go because this is where God's people are being discipled, where the poor are being cared for and the oppressed are being cared for. And that's some of the things that we do in our ministry here. When we talk about our partners like Crew or we talk about our partners like Manahouse, the idea of bringing the tithes back to God is this— is when our tithe is going back to God, it's like saying our hearts are going back to Him. Because remember we talked about this last week, where our treasure is, that's where our hearts go. And so when we are returning the tithe to God and saying, God, I want to bring my heart back to you, I'm not going to trust the spirit of mammon. I'm not going to trust the spirit of greed that that's, has a stranglehold over our world, I'm going to put my trust and my faith in you, because where my treasure is, that's where my heart is, amen? So that's what's happening here, or that's what God is, is welcoming his people too. Because here's the truth. If you want to know the, the bedrock foundation of why we give, why we generous, it's this. We are generous because God has been generous with us. I mean, think about it this way. You know, Jesus was in heaven, and he looked down upon all of creation, and he saw our sin, he saw that we are under the curse. And so what does God do when he's in his heavens? It says that God actually comes down to earth. He comes into our world. He comes into our brokenness. He comes into our curse. He takes the curse on himself, and he dies on the cross. The cross is called the cursed tree. And on that cross, he opens up the door for eternal life. In fact, he opens up the door for us to experience God's goodness. You, You see, all that we have is God's. We're simply managers of it. We get to be stewards of all that he's given us. And then God says, listen, don't take my word for it. Don't take my word that I'm going to take care of you when you give. Look what he says here. He says, Test me. He says, Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, the floodgates of heaven are open. His death and resurrection enabled us to have access and relationship to God. But I want to clarify something here because sometimes when we read that word blessing, we kind of can kind of pour into our own cultural assumptions of what that means. You see, when God says he wants to pour out blessing more than you could even contain, he's not necessarily talking about financial or material blessing. I mean, listen, God does bless us in those ways for sure. But he's also talking about spiritual blessing. Having a deep abiding intimacy with God where you're closer to him. You know him better. You, your trust in him is deeper so you can take bigger risks because you know that God's got your back. It could also be relational blessings, having deeper relationships with your spouse or friends. Maybe broken relationships are repaired and fixed because you're trusting God in this area. It could also be having greater peace and contentment all around. Maybe God doesn't need to provide or give you more stuff. He just gives you the peace and contentment to know that you have him and he's with you. So often we can kind of stray back into the curse of uh, uh, of wanting more and keeping up with the Joneses, you know, the Joneses who are broke, that we actually... Just need God to just give us the contentment we need, and and here's the principle, guys, for us to remember: it's this: is that God blesses obedience. God blesses obedience when it comes from the heart, when we say, "God, I want to obey you and do what you've called me to do," whether it's in giving our tithes and our offerings, or serving, or or taking difficult stands. That's what God's called us to do: to return the tithe, the ten percent, to Him. He'll bless our obedience. Now, maybe some of you are thinking, "Well, Nathan, that's very nice for you. That's, That's a good idea." But listen, man, like, this is today. This is really hard. You know, and I've got student loans, credit card debt. My kids need braces. You know, there's inflation all around. And not only that, there's a supply chain issue. Like, there's all these different, like, economic struggles. And that's why I think this one section in Malachi where God just says, test me. This is the only place in scripture where God actually says to test him. He's like, I challenge you. I I dare you. Go ahead, be more generous. See if you can outgive me and see what I'm going to do. So what does this actually look like? Well, well, listen, we all have to start somewhere. In fact, Paul, who's picking up on this teaching, says this. He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So maybe the first place for you to start is, I, need, I, I think I need to do something here, right? Maybe if you look at generosity like a ladder, maybe your first place to start is to give something. Maybe you're not giving anything, maybe you start from nothing and you're gonna give something. That's your first step up this ladder. And I know for some of us that might be a risk or maybe that's something, you know, I'm I'm just gonna, whatever's in my pocket, I'm I'm just gonna give it. We start from giving something and go from from giving nothing to something, whatever you've decided in your heart. And and it's okay because this is a good place for many of us to start. But maybe you've been giving something for a while, you see, maybe your next step is to actually go from something to what I call percentage giving. Maybe you're like here today, go, you know, Nathan, I, I, I don't know if I'm quite ready to give 10%, but I can try 2%. Uh, I think that's something that I, I might want to work on. and It's something I, I can grow into. In fact, if, if you're looking for a way to do that, the way, the, one of the best ways that we can help you with that is by giving with our mobile app. If you have a phone, you can go ahead and download the Church Center app, and you can put our information in there. And it's got some really easy ways to give. For instance, if you go here and you click on give, it kind of, you can put in an amount, and then what you can actually do is hit next, and then it, it gives you the option to automatically give. Once you've kind of decided what your percentage is you want to give from your income, you can just give through the app. It's, it's safe, it's secure, it's easy. But but maybe, but, but it's also a way for you to be intentional in your generosity. But maybe some of you are like, I don't know, Nathan, I don't know, but I think it's time for me to go from percentage giving to the tithe, to, to giving 10%. And maybe you're a little bit nervous about this, because you're like, you know, I, I can give something, you know, I think it's a good thing, place for me to start, I can do percentage giving, I can start there, but man, tithing, I don't know, it's kind of scary, I'm, I'm kind of afraid of heights here, it's kind of wobbly, don't we feel that way when it comes to giving? There's that sense of this, there's a risk here. What if I fall? What if something happens? And then all of a sudden, it all comes apart. And that's where we need to trust God's word, where God says, will you trust me? Will you test me in this? Because, listen, it's about the heart at the end of the day. But when we can get to the place where we can trust God with the tithe, that's when God starts to do some incredible things in our life. In fact, you don't have to take my word for it. I want to invite uh, Tyler Werthner... To come on up, give give Tyler a hand, everybody. Um, Tyler's wife volunteered this incredible story about tithing. You guys remember Tyler's wife, Anna Marie? She was here a couple of weeks ago uh, on Mother's Day, and so now you get to have the mic, buddy.
0: She figured she talked, It's not my thing.
1: <laughs> awesome. Do you have a mic? Do you have check, check, check. Maybe you sh- if you could, you know, rap a little bit. <laughs> Maybe we should try taking Jen's mic. Try now. Try now. <laughs> Test. Test. Oh. OK, great. Awesome. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for you know, taking, taking the chance to come out and hang with us today. Let me Thanks ask for you this. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When you first heard about tithing, what was your response? yeah it. so
0: i didn't grow up a christian so tithing was completely didn't make any sense to me um so when i first heard about it really it was when i got married my wife did it consistently and her family did it consistently and i was just like that's a lot of money for no reason
1: <laughs> from my side dude th- yeah. i appreciate the honesty <laughs> with that yeah so, let me ask you this, because I, I know that, you know, your wife was very persuasive, and she, you started tithing. Now, you did it with a cheerful, glad heart, didn't you?
0: Um, at first, I definitely did not. Um, we used to have arguments about it, me and my wife, and it, the, it basically come down to, my wife would say, it's in the Bible, and I, I do not have an argument for that. So, so, I did tithe kind of reluctantly at first.
1: So what changed? Like, what what, what kind of got you from that point where I'm doing this out of, you know, essentially compulsion to, like, there's a, there's a joy to yeah, it. Yeah,
0: so just like you were saying, you kind of, you test God because he asked you to do that in this. When I, when we were tithing and we tithed consistently, Anna and I had really terrible cars, um, 2000 and a 1999 Ford Mustang and a 2000 Pontiac something, um, and They were not working well we needed a new car and we did not have the money for that we weren't making enough money Um, we didn't have a savings account we had nothing we were living in an apartment and so what it all came down to was you're just like we need to start saving but we don't have money to do that so money kind of came out of nowhere money came from anna's parents that we didn't know they had in a savings account or something for us we didn't even know that existed i got a raise we found a zero percent interest loan for a new car which was totally out of the question and the whole time we're trying to save for this, within a couple months, we were able to buy a new car, brand new car, with a larger down payment on that car than we put on our house. So, the whole time we were tithing consistently through that, and old Tyler would have said, that makes no sense. That is money I could be putting towards this car.
1: Yeah. So, let me ask you this. How did you experience God? I mean, obviously, there's that the financial blessing of the car, but you were telling me that God was blessing you in other ways that were bigger than just that.
0: Yeah. So... With the consistent tithing, which is the spiritual discipline, came better discipline in my scripture reading. I am better at being at reading scripture or doing it more consistently than I ever was in the past. And I also am just more consistent with all those spiritual disciplines, praying, scripture reading, spending time with God.
1: That's awesome. So it didn't just happen, it wasn't just like, I'm going to give a little bit to get more financially. It was actually, this is actually helping me get closer to Jesus. Right. Yeah. yeah so we got folks here that are different places on their spiritual journey or are watching online what would you say to them if they're maybe on the fence about tithing or maybe have some questions about it um
0: baseline just trust it will work out i'm not telling you that tithing is going to make you rich i'm not telling you that you're never going to experience financial hardships but you will be at peace as you tithe you will mm. find peace in other things you won't just find it in your money i realized i was using money as an idol whether i knew that at that time or not. I found that out. Um, you will find peace in your tithing. That's
1: awesome. Can we hear it for Tyler, guys? Yeah, I appreciate Tyler's just vulnerability and his honesty. Like, hey, I did not want to do this. Um, I did this because my wife would beat me up if I didn't. Um, but, you know, tithing is really an ancient spiritual discipline. This is something that the church has been doing since there has been the church. And there is something about returning the tithe. Because remember, everything we have is God's anyway. That 10% is what we return to Him. It's right, what we take right off the top. And I really think that if you're sensing and praying that maybe it's time for you to level up in your generosity to get to on the ladder, and maybe it's time to actually get to the 10% part, uh, I want to help you with that. And so one of the things that we're doing as a church is we're doing what's called the 90-day tithe challenge. So for the next 90 days... The challenge is that you return a tithe, which is 10% to the church, and to see if God is faithful in blessing your life, whether it's spiritually, relationally, um, materially, whatever it may be. Become a tither for three months if you haven't done before, and then see what God does. Guys guys like Tyler's got a great testimony. We have a great testimony, too. I mean, Jackie and I, we are satisfied customers when it comes to tithing because we've seen God work that in our lives over and over again. So right now, uh, our ushers are going to pass out a card— for the 90-Day Tithe Challenge, so they're going to pass that out. And on it is a QR code. And what you can do is you can take your phone, you can hover over the QR code, and it takes you to a registration page where you can sign up for the 90-Day Tithe Challenge. Actually, if you go to citylinesorg 90-Day Tithe Challenge, uh, what you can do is you can sign up, and what we'll do is we will send you a book by Randy Alcorn called The Treasure Principle, which is a really incredible book, really simple book. And guys, it's a small book, so we can read this. Okay, Um, but it talks about just just kind of the theology about giving about finances And also for the next uh, 90 days We'll be sending you a weekly email to kind of be praying for you to encourage you On this journey as well as well as to hear what god's doing because Really at the end of the day, that's our heart We want to see god move in your lives and god moves through Generosity because remember tithing believe it or not is not at the top of the list When we get to the place where we can tithe that's the place where God says, all right, now this is where you get to the next level, going from tithing to what Paul calls abundant generosity. Abundant generosity. Uh, this is the part where we can actually, where Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 9:8, where we realize God is able to bless you, you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Uh, this is where I really need to make this clear. We are not blessed so that we can be like, look how blessed I am, look at my bling. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be the blessing. So as we go up the ladder of generosity and we're giving something, percentage giving, and then we're tithing, and we're finally at the place where we can be abundantly generous, it's a game changer. It changes the way we even view our lives. In fact, when I think about this, I think about one of the one of my role models in this area here, which is my mom. So my mom, if you get, some of you might have met her, she's this short, very feisty Indian lady. Um, she, she's amazing. But one of the things my mom loves is she loves Jesus, and she loves being generous. And so I remember, you know, when I was, um, you know, you know she, she was a nurse, and she always worked very diligently. And I remember when I was praying about what I was supposed to do next, like, you know, do I want to go into ministry, things like that. Um, as a college student, I had no money. Um, I was a Bible major in college, so I would never have money. So I remember you know telling my mom you know what mom I'm just gonna work at this restaurant I'm gonna make some money and I'm gonna pay for seminary as I go so if I get a little bit here I'll pay for it and she looks at me and goes that's not good enough and I'm thinking okay Asian mom I get it not good enough grades aren't good but what she meant was no no it's not good enough that you're gonna pay your way I want to pay for your way through seminary so my mom in cash Paid for my master's degree. I couldn't believe it. I was just, I would not be able to do what I'm doing today if it weren't for my mom's generosity. Then I remember a couple years later going to India. And I'm going to India and we're visiting these different churches and these pastors were all talking to my mom. I go, Mom, what's going on? Why are these guys, like, talking to you? And she goes, oh, you know, they're just telling me what God's doing. I come to find out later that my mom's name... Her name is like on the, these different plaques at all these different churches. And I was like, that's kind of odd. And apparently what these pastors are telling is, Nithin India is such a poor country. All we can do is care for these poor people. People are tithing in chickens and eggs and whatever they, they have. There's no money. And so you're, when we said to, 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 to our leaders, we need churches so that we can have, have, have these people so we can do ministry, your mom just signed a check and she built us churches. There's over a dozen churches in India that exist there because my mom just said, I'll just write you a check. Done. You don't have to raise support. You don't have to meet under a tree. Let's just make it happen. And this is where I think this is really where, man, not just me personally, but it's exciting to see for us as a church to get to this place. Can you imagine... Getting to the place where, as a church, and we hear about food insecurity in Lycoming County, we can just write a check and end food insecurity in one shot. In fact, one of the things I learned from my mom is that generosity is a choice. We can actually choose to be generous. It, it, it's it's something that it's like a muscle that we build, right? If you go to the gym, you build that muscle. It gets sore and it hurts, but you can do it again. You can trust God with more. You can give more. In fact. I'm already in a church with some of the most generous people, I think, in Williamsport. You know, this past Christmas, we did a Christmas offering, and we were trying to raise $35,000, and our elders and our board were like, oh, this is really a challenge, this is really a stretch, I don't know if we can do it. And we were able to fund an entire family to adopt. We were able to help another family get closer to their goal. And then we are able to build this bathroom that many of you see over there. By the way, we have a new bathroom in the back. Can we give God a praise for that? And that's because of your generosity. Uh, so no one can do the walk of shame coming up here anymore. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. But now we have a bathroom. It's handicap accessible. We have a changing table in there. Because we want to honor our guests who are coming here for the first time. And also for folks who are differently able, so that they have a place where they can use that's not going to strip away dignity. Because we understand and that you have chosen generosity. As a church, that's who we are. But I remember uh, talking with a couple of you, and and some of you mentioned this this one message that Spencer preached, our founding pastor, a couple of years ago, where he said, imagine what we could accomplish if as a church we all tithed. Imagine what we could do. Imagine if we hear, man, Nathan, the working poor have X amount of medical debt in Williamsport. Wouldn't it be great if we could, as a church, say, well, you know what? Let's wipe it out. Jesus paid for our debts. We can wipe that debt out, give them a clean slate, because of what Jesus has done for us. Imagine what we can do, or we could do, if we could get to that place of generosity. Imagine Manor House being fully funded and ready to go, not just in Williamsport, but all over Lycoming County. Imagine being able to have not just an impact for a couple of families here and there, but actually having a regional impact wherever we are. You see, we are a generous church, and I'm so grateful to be a part of that. But maybe some of you are here today, and you're figuring out what your next step is. Maybe your step here is to tithe for the first time. Try the 90-day tithe challenge. Trust God. Test him. Trust him at his word. Because God's saying, I dare you. I challenge you. Test me in this. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. But I want us to make sure that we understand that this isn't about money, this isn't about finances, this is about our hearts. And so often, we need to disentangle that. And the way we do that is saying, God, I'm going to make you my number one. I'm going to choose to worship you, put you first, with my time, with my talents, but also my treasure. Let me pray for us. Lord, Lord, First off, I just want to pray against any kind of shame or any kind of lies that the enemy wants to throw at us that says that we're unworthy, that we're broken, that there's something wrong with us because of our financial situations, because of the things that we have done in the past. Father, one of the things that uh, I just embrace wholeheartedly is your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. Father, I pray for those of us who are maybe on that edge. We want to get to that level of generosity, that abundant generosity Father, I pray that you'd show us what our next step is. Maybe it's to give something. Maybe it's to do some percentage giving. Maybe it's to actually do the tithe, return the tithe. But Father, I pray just like Tyler shared, that you'd meet us in that, God. That you would draw us closer to your heart. That our hearts would not be ruled by the almighty dollar, but by almighty God. We're grateful for all that you are. All who you are and what you're doing in us. Thank
0: you so much for joining us. We pray that today's message encouraged and inspired you. If you live in the Williamsport region of PA, we'd love to engage you in person. You can find more information on service times, city groups, and our incredible kids and youth ministry at citylions.org. That's citylions.org.